This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Sunday. Warlord has been arguing with me about kettles <laughs> in the Discord. <laughs> I don't like. I have no clue. He showed me a picture of something that wasn't a kettle and told me it was a kettle. And I said, mine didn't look like that. Mine also didn't look like the one you showed me because mine was like neon purple. Cause I, cause I'm a badass, and I had a, I had a awesome purple kettle up until the point. And I put some water on one morning to make coffee, got into the shower, completely forgot about the kettle. I don't have no kettle no more. So many erections today. I'm sorry that has been an issue. You might need to see a doctor if you have one that lasts more than four hours. This is the first time we've done the news in a few days. That might have been the longest little break I took from the news. I feel refreshed. We did the 420 anniversary special on Wednesday. We did a fucking around stream on Thursday. The freak show on Friday. I ain't ain't told you guys the news since Tuesday and a lot of shit has happened. A lot of shit has happened. Like Madison Cawthorn... Getting caught in in lingerie or some shit. Pictures surfaced of him from years ago, before he was a congressman. Dressed up in lingerie. We've got got his comments on that. Oh, oh, breaking as we're coming on in the last couple of hours. Apparently, Twitter is now indeed considering Elon Musk's bid to purchase Twitter. Gonna talk about that. Plus, Dan Bongino is gonna give us the rundown on woke companies. A preacher, a preacher last week had some problems with something that Ilan Omar said. Remember, there was that uh, religious group that was on a plane. They broke out in some Jesus song, and the plane looked like they had they'd been held captive. Well, Ilan Omar tweeted out, like, what if, that, what if that had been a Muslim family thinking about Muhammad or something? Like, they would, have, they would have stopped the plane, right? They would have landed. They would have made an emergency landing. Air marshals would have, would have tackled them. Apparently, a preacher had something to say. I have no clue what he said. But he got some backlash for his comments. He went on Fox News to say, No, I wasn't being political. I'm the victim here. We're going to hear from that dude. I'm sure that's going to be a, a fantastic explanation. Hold on. Where's my meme? Hold on. Boom. There's your meme for the day. Hey, kids. Warren Hatch is dead. <laughs> Sparkles and I were watching the Batman last night, and she's like, hey, Orrin Hatch died. I'm like, fucking A, cool. That's better than the Batman. No, no, no. I like like a lot of things about the Batman. I dislike a lot of things about the Batman. 
I'm very, I'm very conflicted about that movie. Pro, I really liked the Batmobile. It was super fucking cool. It was like an old school muscle car. Quite possibly the coolest Batmobile in any Batman movie. Ever, ever. Except maybe Adam West's Batmobile. Justin Batman again. What, I need to go watch it again? No, I'm still going to have the same complaints. And like, Sparkles did the same thing. You know, we got to the end the last 20, 30 minutes. She's like, that it? I'm like, oh, surely, surely there's, there's more to wrap up. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is the start of another trilogy. We smoked a blunt and a joint. During during the Batman. It's three hours long. We smoked a blunt and a joint during the Batman. Tell me tell me we weren't high enough for that shit. Uh just like once again, there's just a glaring pothole uh, a pothole. A pot there's a glaring pothole. No, there's a glaring plot hole. Just like just like with Spider Man. I'm sorry, okay, spoiler alert. Just like with Spider-Man, he's got all the, a wizard summoned fucking villains from another universe. They're zombies. They're, they're fucking dead. Summon zombie villains from another universe. And this little punk ass kid isn't going to let the wizard put them back. He's going to be like, no, no, I got to save their lives. And that's how you even get the setup to the movie. It makes no goddamn sense. Why would Peter Parker do that? Slap the shit out of him. Then the Batman is kind of like the same fucking ordeal. Like Riddler, Edward, I don't think his name was Edward Nigma. It was Edward something or other else in this one. Like he allows himself to be captured by the police so he can have this confrontation with Batman. But then like he had no plan for how to get out of Arkham. Like he's just like Batman leaves. and He's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, hold on, you let yourself get captured and you didn't have any plan for how to get the fuck back out? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. I just... It's Arkham. They escape all the time anyway. Opportunity will come along. I just, I don't know. Uh, um... Paul Dano, is that his name? Fucking excellent. He was the highlight of the fucking movie. Riddler was goddamn amazing. Zoe Kravitz, fantastic job. She was the next highlight of the movie. I hated the Commissioner Gordon. I hated the Commissioner Gordon. That, to me, that was like Jordan Peele doing a character. Like, it wasn't Jordan Peele, like, he wasn't the actor. But to me, that was like, I'm bitching about the Batman. Hey, Sparkles. To me, that was like like somebody doing a bad impression of Jordan Peele doing a character on P and Kill. Like that, like, that, that, that Commissioner Gordon was just over the top. It was too much. It took away from the movie. I didn't like it. Didn't like him. Didn't really care much for Alfred. Still, still a little like, I don't know if I like Pattinson or not. He's all right. 
Riddler was conky from the Trailer Park Boys. Lazy Eyes, what is up? Hold on, I gotta go turn the air conditioner down a little bit. It's hot in here. Thought about opening the doors up, but I don't think it's cooled down enough. It was like 80-something degrees here. It gets all hot and sticky. I don't like it. I'm not high enough for this shit. I was running down the shit we were going to talk about on the show tonight, and then just all of a sudden, like, I get sidetracked, bitching about Batman. We're going to talk about Piers Morgan. He had an interview with Trump. Apparently it, it airs like tonight or is airing in the next little bit. If somebody was to inform me that the interview was up somewhere, I would go with like, all we have is a preview right now. I don't know what it's airing on or what time it is airing. I do have an article that tells me that, but I didn't read it. It looked very contentious, but also like, it seems like that was deceptively edited. Mistopheles! Welcome! Good evening! Oh, let me pull my notes back up. What are, we, what are we talking about tonight? We're going to... Oh, Ron DeSantis signed that law revoking Disney's special privileges. They had their own little um, municipality. That now Florida will be on the hook for actually governing. See, Disney paid for like the sewage, the security, all the blah, 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 the upkeep of the roads and shit. Now Florida is going to be on the hook for that. We're going to talk about all that. Plus Ben Shapiro is going to tell us about how all these woke companies are going to go broke. Oh God, no, I did not hear about Missouri trying to pass a bill that would allow them to check children's genitals. Fuck. God damn these people. God damn these people. Why can't they just stop? It's depressing. That's why that's why I didn't that's why I didn't fucking do the news for a few days last week. I had to take a little of mental health break. Because all this shit is depressing. Oh, I also have also have a video. Apparently, this is like a little viral meme thing that's going going around on the right. It's called "It's a Woke World After All." And I'm sure it's just as cringe as the title. Seems like it's a little animation going inside of the uh, what, what's that? It's a small world after all, ride in the Disney. Been a long time since I fucking went on that ride. I only did it the once. You you just do it once. You're like, ah, I'm not gonna ride that again. A stand in line for something is gonna be the Tower of Terror or like the Aerosmith roller coaster. Also, I haven't been to Disney in like twenty fucking years. What the fuck they got anymore? Hang out at Splash Mountain, bitches. I'll throw you in the briar patch. Not the briar patch.
story of Tor Rabbit still seems a little racist to me. I'm just one of these wokies. Causing companies to go broke. Oh, Marjorie Taylor Green! I should have went live with that shit. I didn't know how inter-fucking-taining that was gonna be. Buddy, did I drop the ball on that one. We're gonna watch a good 15 minutes of that shit. I pulled a couple of different clips, especially my favorite when she was asked uh, if she had ever called Nancy Pelosi a traitor. She said no, and the and the lawyer is like, Exhibit 5, please. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, the Utah Democratic Party has decided it is not going to field a candidate. The upcoming, I believe it's the Senate race. More power to them. More power to them. They're going to get behind Evan McMullen, who I talked about the other day, actually took a sizable portion of the vote from Trump in Utah. Could very well win the Senate in Utah. He's going up against Mike Lee. Fuck yeah! I'm actually all about that. Trump says he and uh, Kevin McCarthy are still good. They still good. They still good, even after McCarthy has like basically perjured himself. I don't know. I don't know if we have him. I don't know if we have him on oath at any point in time. I believe it was a phone call that the audio was leaked from. It wasn't actually like on the House floor or something. Motherfuckers. McCarthy lied about not asking Trump to resign. Like, came out last week, said, I did not ever ask Trump to resign or talk to him about resigning. Boom. Audio. Audio leaked. Apparently, Liz Cheney leaked it. Kevin McCarthy saying he was going to talk to Trump about resigning. Happy Sunday, Sassy. Welcome. Representative Jamie Raskin is promising that the January 6th hearings are going to blow the roof off the house. Oh, here's a story you guys may not have heard. Maybe you have because you guys are are more up on the news. You guys are more plugged in than the average person. A man set himself on fire. In front of the Supreme Court on Friday, he has died of his injuries. I do not know the story. Usually that is a a protest move. So I do not know what his cause was. Hopefully we will get the full story. We'll know what he is on the side of. I know what I would be protesting this week, but I I don't know if that was what he was protesting. The fact that Texas... Oh, God, he was a climate scientist? The world is on fire, so... Shit. But here's what I would be protesting this week if I had a platform, and I, I do have a platform, and I am protesting it. Texas is set to execute an innocent woman this week. We're going to see the footage... From her interrogation, where they used coercive interrogation means in order to get her to confess after she 
stood by her innocent like over 100 times. You're, you're going to see the video. It's going to make you sick to your stomach. Texas set to execute her on Wednesday. A U.S. Air Force general has been convicted of sexual misconduct. There's a there's a mission, missing National Guard. Missing National Guardsman in Texas. I'm fascinated by that story. We're going to check in with that. Plus, a man was arrested in the Duffel bag murder. I brought that up a couple of times last week, and we never got a chance to talk about it. I actually want to get the lowdown and find out what the fuck happened there. I've seen right wingers saying that he was here illegally, so of course they're going. It's going to fuel their their goddamn xenophobia. Plus, we're going to talk about the election in France. Just ended uh, a few hours ago. Marine Le Pen will not the new president of France Emmanuel Macron easily easily won re-election but first Warren Hatch has died landmark day and I can say that if we can keep going we'll get this country going like it's never been going before what god awful music the USA Today put under this Hatch served 42 years in the Senate from 1977 until he retired in 2019. Was the senator from Utah. That is the seat that Mitt Romney now holds. Talking about Evan McMullen possibly going for the other seat in Utah. I leave this race with no regrets for having tried. Ah, the 2000 election. That's my first election. Not my first election, but the first election where I I felt like I was an active participant. Hatch received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. God knows why. Bye by his wife of 60 years, Elaine. Why, why might I say God knows why he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom? Let's go back to this nation uh, opinion piece from, I believe it was 2018. January 3rd of 2018, the retiring senator has always been a shameless tool of billionaire campaign donors and a partisan errand boy for the likes of Donald Trump. Warren Hatch refer, uh, referred last year to his long Senate tenure as my whole stinking career. That was a fair assessment of Utah Republicans' 41 years in Washington. 75% of Utah voters told pollsters last fall that they did not want the senator to seek re-election in 2018. Hatch took the hint this week, announcing this was this was back in 2018, announcing that he plans to retire after four decades of placing special interests and the personal power that is obtained by serving them above the public interest and the people whose lives are made dramatically worse when government abandons them. Few aside from President Trump, Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the lobbyist for the special interests Hatch served will miss one of the most egregious hypocrites ever to serve in a chamber where mendacity has always been well represented. 
Hatch was elected to the Senate in 1976 after running a campaign that anticipated the crudely divisive strategies and relentless negativity that has come to characterize contemporary campaigning. Hatch was a pioneering practitioner of the new politics of uh, shameless pretense that would come to define Washington. More aptly come to define the Republican Party, a Republican who had moved to Utah from Pennsylvania. He claimed that he uh, that the incumbent Democratic senator who had been born and raised in Utah was out of touch with the values and concerns of the state. That was a fantasy developed by the political con artist who had the malleable newcomer run on the issue of term limits. Hatch made term limits. Motherfucker served from 1976 to 2019, and he ran on the issue of term limits. Weed, RB says. Don't mind if I do, because I'm not high enough to read this stupid shit about Orrin Hatch. Rest in piss, sir. Hatch's attack campaign prevailed in 1976. The next four decades, Hatch would serve as a dramatically different senator from his predecessor. Self-absorbed and boastful, Hatch calculated that his political future would be best served by aligning with those who could write big campaign checks. Hatch took care of his political benefactors and seemed always to be plotting his next move angling for a place in the Supreme Court or on a Republican presidential ticket, elbowing his way into key committee assignments. When Democrats controlled the Senate, Hatch was ready to cut deals, even with liberals like Massachusetts Senator Edward Kennedy. When Republicans took charge, however, he became the most shameless of partisans. As when the same senator who repeatedly savaged Professor Anita Hill on behalf of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas played a critical role in blocking the Supreme Court nomination of Merrick Garland whom he acknowledged was an outstanding jurist. This was just in order to prevent President Barack Obama's uh, nominee from getting a place on the high court. Elite media outlets gave Hatch plenty of coverage and cover because the relentless self-promoter was always ready to deliver a talking point or appear on a political talk show. They could not obscure the fact of his steady hypocrisy, which included the abandonment of the term limits pledge he was that was so central to his initial campaign. Across four decades, Hatch's steadiest default positions were as a robotic ally of the oligarchs from whom he collected tens of millions of campaign dollars, and as an errand boy for Republican presidents up to and including Donald Trump. Responsible Republicans kept their distance from Trump, but Hatch declared, we're going to keep uh, fighting, and we're going to make this the greatest presidency that we've ever seen, not only in generations, but maybe ever. Did we already uh, crab rave for Orrin Hatch? No, we did not. I don't think, unless that happened without my knowledge. Do it. Do it. If you'd like to finish reading this piece, this was in The Nation. It was back in 2018, written by John Nichols. The title was Orrin Hatch Was Never a Public Servant. I just read a small excerpt from it, and I realized that it wasn't very, uh, it was very, 
it was very heavy on characterizations and it was very limited on supporting evidence. You can read the article for yourself at The Nation. News give you a little overview of who Warren Hatch was the day after his death. French President Emmanuel Macron has won a second term, defeating far-right challenger Marine Le Pen. But the margin is projected to be closer than their first face-off in 2017, when he won by more than 30 percentage points. Malcolm Brabant. They say closer, but he still won by like 20 percentage points this time. I don't, I don't know what the final count was, but it was, it was a very large margin. It was something along the lines of like 57 percent to 41 or 42 report from Paris on what led to the Macron victory and Le Pen's stronger showing. As she arrived to vote in a nationalist stronghold in northern France, Marine Le Pen said she was feeling serene, despite being behind in the opinion polls. This is her third crack at the presidency, and she's prepared like never before. But Le Pen was dependent on a low turnout, and especially reliant on the abstention of people who couldn't bring themselves to vote for the sitting president. And that's that's the thing. Apparently, the left did actually coalesce around Macron to put him over the finish line. That was the thought that this was going to depress the left because of Macron. He's appealed to poorer working class families with pledges to bring down the cost of living. But promises to be a disruptive influence in the European Union have alienated those who want international stability while war is close by in Ukraine. The incumbent, Emmanuel Macron, is painting himself as an international statesman who can offer substance abroad and be all things to everyone at home. In the second round of French elections, many voters traditionally hold their noses as they cast their ballots because they have to vote tactically and not with their hearts. Reluctantly, librarian Caroline Alzieu voted for Macron. I voted for one of them, but not out of uh, belief or I just uh, that's the same reason we all voted for Biden over here. Like the one you had during the Trump presidency. Artist Raphael Onfray... She, she made the same comparison. ...but did what she believed was her civic duty. I just voted for someone I, I disagree with and I don't really appreciate, so... so you voted but isn't a fucking monster. Well, I'm not supposed to say that, but yes. Can I ask you how concerned... You are about the prospects of a Le Pen presidency. Uh, well, for the first time, I'm very scared. But not as scared as France's approximately six million Muslims. Le Pen has promised to ban headscarves in public places and to hold a referendum on immigration. At the North African-inspired Great Mosque in Paris, community leaders have made their disdain for Le Pen. I almost hit the amen, but then that would be wrong. I need a Muhammad cartoon or something I can throw up on this. I need a Muhammad cartoon with my face on it that I can throw up on the screen. Those of you who are unaware, it is actually like, uh, whatever you go against the, against the, Quran to show pictures of Muhammad against the Muslim faith to show pictures of Muhammad. Oh, I hope my internet isn't crapping out. Abundantly clear. Motherfucker. Of a Le Pen presidency. 
For me, it's not a scenario I can envision. But if we imagine she is elected, it will be catastrophic. Chem Zadin Hafiz is rector of the Great Mosque and speaks on behalf of all France's Muslims. She nourishes, she carries values that are racist and divisive. Absolutely. This is Saint-Denis, one of the poorest and most diverse districts in France. Its deputy mayor, Leila uh, My My bitrate is bouncing back and forth. Hold on one second. I'm going to fix that. You guys are going to need to refresh. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, something like that. Policies, but it's a rallying call for democracy, for the republic, and against the national front. And Malcolm joins us now from the Macron campaign. What's up, Malcolm? at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. Don't look very happy to have just won re-election. As I understand it, was beset by by apathy. But in the end, Macron looks to have won a clear victory that surpassed his polling numbers. How did he pull that off? This has been a vote for the soul of France. The numbers looking. Pre- That's the fucking same thing Biden said. Fuck off. Two percent for Le Pen, and that looks, if you looked at the pure numbers, as being a great victory. But it's not a triumph. Emmanuel Macron was here tonight. I want you guys to hear that. If you're listening to the podcast, the chat hasn't come back just yet. My stream hasn't come back to me just yet. A bitrate should shoot up here in just any second. Boom. There we go. We got the green light. I want you I want you guys to be able to hear this. Because this this is a uh I don't remember his title from campaign, but he is an official with the Macron campaign. Gets up here on uh talking to PBS. And says the same goddamn thing that Joe Biden said. Like, is the soul of France. And this campaign, as I understand it, was beset by, by apathy. But in the end, Macron looks to have won a clear victory that surpassed his polling numbers. How did he pull that off? This has been a vote for the soul of France. The numbers look impressive, don't they? 58% for, for Macron. Plug all the way off. percent for Le Pen. And that looks, if you looked at the pure numbers, as being a great victory. 58 to 42. I was close. Emmanuel Macron was here tonight talking to his supporters and also to the nation. And he recognized that the people did not vote for his program. The reason why they voted for him in such large numbers. Boris Johnson got to remain in power in the UK because it's the soul the soul of the uk being in the elise palace which is where the president lives and so he he knows that this is a country that's divided and he has uh, was certainly not triumphalist at all he knows that there's an awful lot of work to do to heal this country and to try to appeal to to uh, uh, madame le pen's supporters to prove that he is a president for all of france so there's nothing he can do to appeal to le pen's Supporters. And it's really important, actually, for NATO, because it means that there's going to be no disruption. And that's what would have happened if Le Pen had got into the Elysee Palace. It's also very bad news for the Kremlin, because he would have liked Le Pen to win, because it would have caused chaos here. Special correspondent Malcolm Brabant for That's us. why I thought Warlord was rooting for Le Pen, because it would have caused chaos. That's what I thought Warlord was on the side of, was Chaos. France's first president to win a second term in 20 years. 
There was a scandal. Who, who the fuck was it? What was the name of the uh, the president before Macron? There was a scandal. Hmm. Macron's been there for a while. I don't know how how long is France's. Trump was elected in 2017. I thought he was there longer than that. Holland. Yes, president. Battle Opossum. The office holder has been directly elected by universal suffrage. Length of the presidential term was reduced from seven years to five years following a 2000 referendum. So it used to be seven years. It is now five years. Five year presidential term in France. Macron will serve his second five year term. All right. This is the wild story. I believe it's out of New York. Where a woman was found chopped up her parts in different duffel bags. Apparently a handyman has been charged in the stabbing death. City today, police arrested a handyman in the murder of a mother. I just said that. 44-year-old David Bonola of Queens is accused of stabbing Orsulia Gal nearly 60 times and stuffing her body inside her son's hockey bag over the weekend. Police say the two were romantically involved. NBC News reporter Zinclay Esamoa joins me now. She's been following this story. Zinclay, how did the police end up charging David Bonolo? What more can you tell us about him? This is what one would describe as one of those crimes of passion. Doesn't make it any less uh, brutal or disgusting. Like these, these people had a relationship and probably a very toxic one at that. Maybe even getting up there to, like, shitting on your partner's bed toxic. Hi, Stephanie. Yeah, so Benola actually turned himself in, and now he's been arrested and charged with criminal tampering and criminal possession of a weapon. Here's what they had to say at the press conference earlier today. They had been off and on, and they had broken up prior, but had reunited early in the month of April, uh, and... Their relationship was considered at an end. So reunited early in April, and then it quickly came to an end. So, so as you mentioned, Stephanie, it appears that the two did have an affair. Police say that it went on and off for two years. Uh, David, as we know, is 44 years old. And police say that the family was, in fact, familiar with him as well. Guy Comet. So, Orsley Gal's body was discovered about a half mile from her home. Oh, she was married and she was fucking the pool boy. Damn. So, do, do we know how it got there? Yeah, Stephanie. So- uh, like, honestly, she was fucking the handyman. She- Jesus. 
You live in sexual anarchy. I'm not blaming her for her demise, though, by any stretch of the imagination. So this was incredibly gruesome, and that cannot be understated. Investigators walked us through the timeline. It started Friday. Gall was out. She went to Lincoln Center. She went to a restaurant. Restaurant owners have spoken out about how she seemed normal and unfazed. She then came to her home, where I'm standing right in front of, a little after 12 a.m. Then, they say, is when Basalia entered the home. Police do say that he had prior access as he was a handyman for the family. He entered the home. It seems the two... He just let himself in. ...exchange, which ended with her being stabbed at least 58 times in the house. Police also add that her youngest son seemed to have been inside the home when this was happening. Oh, God. Then... He put her body in a duffel bag and rolled it about half a mile from this home to a busy intersection. It was there that her body was found by a passerby uh, and rolled it. was able to link her body to this house because of a trail of blood. So a really gruesome scene, Stephanie, and something that we're still learning more about. So he had one of those gigantic ass duffel bags and he's just rolling it down the street with a fucking body in it and broad daylight and there's like just blood seeping out of it onto the sidewalk yeah i'm i'm assuming his handiwork wasn't of the best quality just just saying yeah you know you're there in the neighborhood right now this has to have been incredibly shocking for the people that live on that street what do they have to say today about this arrest they must be relieved yeah, Stephanie, I've been here all week and the tone has been multifold, right? People have been shocked. This is a relatively quiet neighborhood. I know there are a lot of cars going past me, but they say there's not a lot of crime that happens here, but also a lot of grief. She was a mother of two and a wife. Here's what some said to me this afternoon after they heard about the suspect being taken into custody. I was a little relieved. I felt glad for the family that they caught the guy. It's just a horrible, horrifying incident. That is true. The more the, the for those of you who don't know, the more people who are the witness to a crime, the less likely somebody is to call the cops because they assume, oh, there's all this many people here. Somebody else will call the cops, and like that's that's the passerby effect. But like the more people who are witness to something, the less likely. They are to call, like, emergency services. Did you know that the suspect has actually been found? You just told me. <laughs> how, how, did you, how did you feel about that? Well, it's always a relief. Uh, you think you would use some garbage bags and line the fucking double bag? Not that, I'm, not that I am endorsing, you know, doing the chop, chop, chop on anybody. But, like, you think you'd use some fucking lining or some? You got some plastic lining? You're a handyman. You don't have that shit that you put down when you paint? the fuck roll her up in that and then put her in the bag what the hell why am i why am i giving this is not to be construed as legal advice or murder advice to anybody by the way for legal purposes i am not endorsing that behavior but come on what and you're a ha- you're a handyman. You didn't have you didn't have some fucking plastic bags. You could like I've got like I got a whole bunch of you know little little plastic bags that I put my my cat shit in every day. 
I mean, is, is it not legal advice? Because, like, it is definitely a legal matter. What, what do I... I'm just a simple bird lawyer. What do I know? More than... Illegal, illegal advice. Yes, sitting cow. Illegal advice. Has also been on edge. And I think ultimately the sentiment is mourning because at the end of the day, they lost a neighbor in a really gruesome way. Stephanie. Yeah, it's a terrible story. Zinkley, thank you so much. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow. Ah, shut up, Lester. I had an ex that was like totally hot for Lester. I did see something about the avian flu. Sassy. There have been pockets of outbreaks all over the world. I didn't even know passerbyers. I didn't even notice what, what what she said. I was I was I was just stunned by the story. I'm stunned by this one, too. U.S. Air Force General convicted on only one of three sexual misconduct charges. And he looks like a, a real winner. The U.S. Air Force announced on Saturday that a major general was found guilty by a military judge of one of three abusive sexual conduct or sexual contact specifications in Ohio. Verdict in the case of Major General William Cooley who pleaded not guilty to all three specifications related to a 2018 incident involving a woman in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where apparently, like, that's one of the bases where apparently sexual assault is fucking rampant. Marks the first court-martial trial and conviction of a general officer in the Air Force's 75-year history. That, that is astounding and a fucking shame. That's a black mark against the Air Force then. Clearly, you're not doing a good job of uh, policing yourself. Today marks the first time an Air Force general officer has been held responsible for his heinous actions. Yes. According to the victim, an Air Force civilian employee... In a statement via her personal attorney, Ryan Gilds, according to the Dayton Daily News. Hopefully this will not be as difficult for the next survivor. Once again, sexual uh, assault in the military is uh, insanely common. And very underreported. Just like, uh, unfortunately, it's very underreported on college campuses. And the reason, and it's the same fucking reason as they go to great lengths to do everything they can to cover it up. And you can't advertise joining the military if a sexual assault is rampant and everybody knows about it. You can't advertise, you know, your, your, uh, take out fucking 20, 30, 40, 50 grand worth of student loans to come to this school where sexual assault is rampant. Turns my fucking stomach. While down in Texas, officials identify a missing National Guard soldier as the rescue efforts remain underway. 
Officials have identified Bishop E. Evans as the National Guard soldier who went missing on Friday as he attempted to rescue two migrants who were crossing the Rio Grande River. Texas Military Department. I wonder about the use of the term rescue. Rescue is probably not what he was doing. I know the way these agencies do their PR. I'm assuming he was trying to apprehend them. I could be wrong. I very well could be wrong. But I tend to err on that side. Trying to apprehend, question, detain them in some way. He went missing. This is this is meant to make him out to be some sort of hero, but I don't know that to be a fact. This is the first time I'm reading this story. I'm just I'm skeptical of the claim that he was trying to rescue two migrants. There is a link to another story here. According to initial reports from the Texas Rangers, two migrants are suspected of being involved in illicit transnational narcotics trafficking and are currently in the custody of U.S. Customs, Border, and Patrol. See? Rescue them. I don't don't see any evidence he was trying to rescue migrants. So that's a weird way of wording it. Was deployed to Kuwait with assignments in Iraq as part of Operation Spartan Shield before serving on Texas's southern border, according to the release. A specialist, a 22-year-old field artilleryman from Arlington, Texas. TMD, along with both state and federal rescue and safety agencies, have yet to locate Evans. Well, you know, ACAB means Border Patrol as well. What was this? What was the agency? National Guard. Uh, ACAB means you too. Sorry, sorry for having guardsmen in here. Oh man, I hope uh, I hope I got back on YouTube. I might not have. YouTube's been having this weird thing happen. Or YouTube when I have to when I have to switch servers, I don't get back live on YouTube. Hold on. Go flip the switch over here. One heinous Q anus. Boom, that should fix it. YouTubers can come back. It's weird that I'm having these issues and it's not um it's not my internet, it's just the different servers on my VPN. I thought I had found a very stable server and apparently I hadn't. It started not being stable. Stable sometimes and not stable other times. Texas. 
is set to execute an innocent woman on Wednesday night. Urgent, we only have until April April 27th to stop Texas from executing an innocent woman. Contact Greg Abbott. I'm going to send you guys the link in the chat right now. You guys would like to place a call to Abbott's office. Lisa Lucio asserted her innocence more than 100 times during interrogation. What evidence do they have uh, to convict her and put her on death row? Her confession, that's all they have. The confession that they that she finally cracked and gave them after these abusive interrogation techniques. Ironically, and it, it might not be ironically, it might be because of this very case that John Oliver did a whole piece on the interrogation techniques of police this past week. When I was reading about this case, I was like, wait a minute, I just I just watched something on this. Oh yeah, it was John Oliver. Melissa Lucio is currently facing execution on April 27th for a tragic accident that's not a murder. Now, I'm, I'm assuming her ethnicity has something to do with one of the reasons why they're wanting to be so harsh to her. Two-year-old daughter Mariah died following a fall down the stairs while the family was in the process of moving. Police immediately took Miss Lucio into custody and began aggressively interrogating her using coercive techniques. Miss Lucio asserted her innocence over 100 times during the five-hour interrogation, just hours after her daughter died. Just Hours after her daughter had died, the police coerced and manipulated her until she was exhausted, and she eventually just told them what they wanted to hear, saying, I guess I did it. Taken as a confession and along with false evidence presented at her trial, Miss Lucio was convicted of murder and sentenced to death. Hours after her daughter died. I thought we were going to hear some of the interrogation. Oh, here we go. No, I am sorry. And there, and there's the John Oliver piece. I thought I, ha- I like I've seen some of the interrogation. I saw of it. Hold on here. See if we can dig it up real fast. Here is some of the film from that night. First of all, I'm very sad that this child died. But when I first saw you in there, 
knew something was wrong. You know something is wrong. No, sir, I don't. You know something is wrong. No, sir, I don't. If I bring you all those pictures, if I beat you half to death, like that little child was beat, I bet you you'd die too. So I did not beat my daughter, sir. No? Not that cruel to my children. What are all those bruises on your little child? The thing is that I got a mom, you can clearly see here, doesn't know who did that. It wasn't me. I didn't cause her death. No, sir, but you're going to cause this woman's death, you piece of shit. Basically, what they were doing is they were trying to make me admit that I was the one responsible for her fall. And I kept telling them that I hadn't, that I hadn't hurt my daughter, and they were very vulgar, very, very rough, very um, persistent. They wanted me to admit to something that I was not capable of doing to my child. And um, the interrogation continued for... In color, six, money. Six, seven hours. You're exactly right, RB. o'clock in the morning. This is your chance to set it straight. Because right now it looks like capital murder. Right now it looks like you're a cold-blooded killer. Now, are you a cold-blooded killer? No, not. Or were you a frustrated mother who just took it out on her? We knew somebody did it. We're trying to find out who did it. If it wasn't you, I don't think somebody crept in there at the middle of the middle, middle of the night and went up to your child and specifically singled her out so he could bite her on the back. It happens. Okay, we all make mistakes. He's they're playing good cop, bad cop with her. We all get upset. Really I mean, bad. there's there's an actual name for that technique, but that's that's basically he what just it is. Kept pointing fingers at me and threatening me and telling me that I was going to spend the rest of my life in prison and that I wasn't going to be able to see the rest of my children grow up and get married. And, you know, they just kept throwing so many words at me. And I just told them I, I'm responsible for Mariah's bruises. They wanted to hear something. I mean, I was not going to admit to causing her death because I wasn't responsible In the end, they left the room, the detectives, there was three detectives and the ranger, they left the room and they left me in the, in the interrogation room by myself. And uh, I could hear them out in the hallway deciding what to charge me with. If they should charge me with injury to a the child fu- or- The fuck? They got a baby doll laying on the goddamn... Fuck! I can only imagine what they were trying to do with the, the, the baby doll. Murder or they couldn't decide. You can't you want to hold it like that? Yeah, I can hold it like this. Are you better that way? Uh, yeah, because yeah. I guess we're going to be yeah. moving around, so. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Say when. Cool. Melissa. Mm. Okay. Today's date is 2-18-2007. It is 3 a.m. We are here at the Harlander Police Department. I am here with Melissa Lucio. My name is Victor Escaloma, the Texas Rangers. I am also in this room is Officer Harlingen Police Detective Javier Villarreal. Show, lay her down and show me how you would spank Oh my God. Is it like with a one time 
Was it several times? Several times. Show me how. But show me the same force you would use with your right or left hand? Left, right hand. Would you be standing up or sitting down? Both. Which, how, how would you do it when you're sitting down? Show me how you would do it. But, I mean, the way you actually did it. Let's just get it over. I'll just put her real hard on her back. Well, do it real hard like you, like you would do it. But the way you would do it. That's the way I would do it. I mean, I wouldn't pound on her. But... Mm -hmm. Or do it. Oh my god. No. Because I just. I, this is dumb. Well, you're doing it on yourself. This is. I mean, I wasn't. Fuck, I hate cops. Show me exactly how you would do it like this. Yes. Okay. And this is just what? Spanking? Oh god, I'm sorry. I didn't hit the content warning. Those were some graphic yeah, pictures we saw, like just a just a fucking little bit of. But goddamn, how do you feel when you see these pictures? I don't feel comfortable seeing those pictures, sir. I don't feel comfortable with any of this. What's going through your fucking head? Is there anything else you want to add? I'm, I'm even even if you have questions about her possible neglect as a parent the woman shouldn't be put to death and Texas is going to put her to death put her to death on Wednesday if you feel so inclined, there is the link. You call Governor Greg Abbott's office and tell him to commute the death sentence at least. Jesus Christ. The article on the Innocence Project that we were reading from. And Innocent Project, in, the Innocence Project is one of the charities that I like to support. Feel so inclined to give a donation to an organization. I, I firmly stand behind organizations that do legal work for poor people. Innocence Project, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the ACLU. Those those are the funds that I tend to donate to, along with along with animals. Uh, content warning on this one. On Friday afternoon, and set himself on fire in front of the Supreme Court and died after setting himself on fire in front of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. on Friday night. Metropolitan Police said on Saturday, the court said to CBS News in a statement on Friday, there were no other injuries. There did not appear to be a public safety concern. 
Police identified the man as 50-year-old Wynn Bruce of Boulder, Colorado, and said he died of his injuries after being airlifted to a hospital following the incident. Approximately 6.30 p.m., he went on to the plaza in front of the court building and set himself on fire, the court said. The court did not offer any specifics on the person or what their motivation may have been. Court police, U.S. Capitol Police, and the Metropolitan Police Department responded to the incident, the court said. Medical helicopter airlifted the person to a local hospital. Uh, you guys said that he was a climate activist. Let's Then Alan Bruce, a climate activist, dies after setting himself on fire outside the U.S. Supreme Court. Climate activist has died 24 hours after setting himself on fire. Oh, it was also Earth Day. It was also Earth Day. Yes, uh, Buddhist monks are the ones that I've known to practice that form of protest the most. Colorado photojournalist Wynn Allen Bruce, 50, suffered critical injuries in the incident at 6.30 p.m. on Friday. He left a cryptic post on his Facebook page with a fire emoji in the date of his death. The post appears to have been edited a few days before his death. Dr. K. Critty, a Buddhist priest from Boulder, wrote on Twitter that Mr. Bruce had been planning to self-emulate for at least a year. The guy was my friend. He meditated with our uh, Sangha. I think I'm mispronouncing the word. And I apologize. Not a act is not suicide. It's a deeply fearless act of compassion to bring attention to climate crisis. That's the thing that saddens me the most is this man's death flew under the fucking radar because we're a fucking crazy country and a man setting himself on fire on the steps of the Supreme Court didn't even get fucking front page coverage. Gather info, but he had been planning it for at least one year. Hashtag win Bruce, I am so moved. Pretty also shared in a, a quote from a Buddhist monk. Bitch Nayat Hayon. I butchered that. I don't I don't even know what language those characters are in. Practice of Vietnamese setting themselves on fire in protest uh, at the Vietnam War in the 1960s. This will burn, to express will by burning oneself, therefore, is not to commit an act of destruction, but to perform an act of construction. That it, to suffer and die for the sake of one's people. Message read. Critty did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Mr. Bruce appeared to belong to the Shambhala, a Buddhist organization based in Boulder. Frequently shared quotes from Buddhist teachers like Kogam Trungpa. Trungpa. That's a funny joke, but I don't want to laugh at that right now, R.B. I know it's still the Troll Patrol, but like, solace and respect to Ben Allen Bruce. I mean, that's that's conviction. I'm sorry, Sky Comet. Here you go. Please go read all about when Bruce Allen and Allen Bruce. I fucked it up that time. 
Here's the article. Total respect indeed. I'm sad. I'm sad that it, I'm sad that we live in a world where this kind of protest is necessary. And also I'm sad that we live in a world where this kind of protest flew under the radar. Think this would be a bigger story. I'm sure he thought it was going to be a bigger story. Yeah, you can switch to YouTube. The, the the video on demand is there. Also, feel free to to read the article. The article is really good. And into some detail, unlike the first article that we read from CBS, it just was very matter-of-fact about the incident. Didn't really get into motive behind, but it could have been an old article. I mean, he did it for a reason, and CBS News didn't even publish that reason. I had to go search him for the reason. There's an indictment of many things, especially our news media. Apparently, Democratic Representative Jamie Raskin believes that the upcoming January 6th hearings will blow the roof off of the House of Representatives. Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland, vowed... The upcoming hearings on January 6th tell a story that will really blow the roof off the house. Kind of doubting that. Once again, it's going to fly under the radar. It's not going to get any coverage. We'll talk about it here. People that are plugged in to politics will know about it. The average person is not even going to penetrate. Raskin called the bid to overthrow the results of the 2020 election the most heinous and dastardly political offense ever organized by a president and his followers and his entourage in the history of the United States. We didn't need a fucking commission to even tell us that. We knew that at face value. He called it a coup. It was not a coup directed at the president, Raskin said Thursday in Washington at a Truth and Trauma Talk, hosted by Georgetown University Center on Faith and Justice. It was a coup directed by the president against the vice president and against the Congress. The House Select Committee investigating the insurrection will present evidence and hearings expected to begin in June that will demonstrate... I thought it was supposed to be April or May. Now we're, now we're going to June. They say they will demonstrate there was coordination among Donald Trump, his inner circle, and supporters who attacked the Capitol in an attempt to overturn the election, according to Raskin. No president has ever come close to doing what happened here in terms of trying to organize an inside coup to overthrow an election and bypass the constitutional order. President then also use a violent insurrection made up of a domestic violent extremist groups, white nationalist, racist, fascist groups, in order to support the coup. That will be the story that people hear. Exactly. Exactly. Now, did you guys hear about the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, who was in line to be the Speaker of the House should the Republicans retake 
control of the House, which I assume is the reason why he's still in Trump's good graces. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Apparently earlier in the week last week, he was asked if uh, he had talked to Donald Trump about resigning, and uh, I mean, b- before we he lied. Before we into the extraordinary content of these tapes, I, I, I just, we, we have to stop, I think, and, and not skip past the incredible fraud that's been perpetrated on this country at the direction of Kevin McCarthy, who saw Trump's conduct as egregious as I do, as the three of you have uncovered, Jackie, in your reporting and, and, and Neil and Miles in your expert analysis. The fraud he's perpetrated on the country as the leader of the Republican Party is, is, is one of the most ghoulish things I've ever seen in politics now. Ghoulish. Was that to me? Sorry. Yes. I mean, just so, the- so, so, yes, I completely agree with you, Nicole. I mean, McCarthy is probably sitting. Yes, it was right to now, you, Democratic Dinesh D'Souza. He's going to say something sufficiently insane for people to try and forget about what he did this weekend. But I don't think it's going to work because what this really shows is cowardice. It also shows. Some- OK, that was kind of racist of me. Like, like he does look a little like Dinesh D'Souza, but it was basically me implying that two Indian guys look alike. Dude, clearly, it's far more. He's a law professor at, at Georgetown. He's clearly more qualified uh, to speak on any matter than Dinesh D'Souza is. So my apologies to you, sir. What was your name? Neil Catal. Uh, I am sorry. Georgetown University law professor. My apologies to compare you to Dinesh D'Souza. It was the it was the um, the alliteration Democratic Dinesh D'Souza. I thought that was funny. Uh, the alliteration hit me, but then I realized the racist connotation to what I just said, and I give you my full apologies. And also, Dinesh D'Souza is a gigantic piece of shit. Uh, I would be quite insulted if someone compared me to Dinesh D'Souza. Taylor Green is going to say something sufficiently insane for people to... Let's go, Brandon! Thank you for being a freaking follower. I don't think it's going to work because what this really shows is cowardice. It also shows some complicity because I think the revelations over the last weeks have really underscored that the Republican Party was far more in it when it comes to January 6th than one would hope. I mean, we've talked about Mike Lee, for example, someone someone I had a lot of respect for, and he looks like a secret coup plotter. And so this fraud that I, you're talking I think, about on the country, McCarthy's definitely... I think he might have been one of those people that were lined up for like the Barry Weiss, uh, Brett Weinstein University. I, if it made you piss and come, like, hey, that's some good shit. Good on you. And there's some German girls that are really into that. German guys, too, bro. Hell, there's some, there's some guys right here that are probably into that. Only part of it. He wasn't the only one. And, you know, to me, it's just so sad because it reflects. I got to thinking about it. I'm like, I like piss and come. What? Like McCarthy. Look, politicians in D.C. have always been ambitious, but it's the total destruction of principle, what you called a backbone at the start of the show. I mean, you know, as they say, absolute power corrupts absolutely. But in a pinch, it looks like for McCarthy, the chance to be Speaker of the House is going to do the trick for him. And, you know, McCarthy was exactly what it is, according to these tapes before he was against it. And I guess what I just want to say is, and this may sound naive, but I came to Washington. So I am so sorry. I figured this was going to like play us the tapes. 
we were going to actually hear what the fuck was said. Maybe maybe we'll get to it here. Thank you. Four minutes in, Savannah Guthrie for playing. I think this is Savannah Guthrie for playing us the audio. Party leader Kevin McCarthy spoke on the phone Thursday night about a newly released audio of McCarthy telling Republican leaders that Trump should resign in the wake of January 6th. We're not even going to get the fucking audio. God damn it. To two people, Trump. Fuck you, MSNBC. About McCarthy's remarks and was glad that the Republican leader didn't follow through, which Trump saw as a sign of his continued grip on the Republican Party. They spoke of the private conversation anonymously. I mean, that is almost more ominous than anything. Trump knows that McCarthy knows what he did, but Trump knows. Trump knows that McCarthy knows that Trump knows. Weed! Oh, it's Nicole Wallace. ...into the U.S. Capitol riots continues. An explosive audio clip has now come to light. Now, shortly after the violence that broke out, the House Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, reportedly told his fellow GOP lawmakers, that is the grand old party. Curious, sir. Good evening. President Donald Trump to resign at once. Borg. This Fox is a Cino. posted by the New York Times and that was later also aired on one of the American channels. Listen in to what's being said here. Are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of course not with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about Penn's party or anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it but i don't know the audio was of course he wouldn't of course he wouldn't apparently mccarthy was warned days before that january 6 could be violent evidence from the january 6 committee revealed i'm sorry that mark meadows was warned this is the white house chief of staff we're now turning to violence that day and trump's former chief of staff mark meadows pushed forward with the rally Anyway, CNN Capitol Hill reporter Melanie Zanona joins me now live. Uh, Melanie, so the committee here, it, it wants a judge to throw out a lawsuit through all this that Meadows has against them. What's the status of that? And what, what are the details from these new revelations? That's right. Mark Meadows has refused to comply with a subpoena to appear before the select committee. And so they released a trove of damning new details last night in a court file. I don't, the CNN film here, Navalny. I don't know if that is about Alexei Navalny, the Russian dissident who has tried to run for president against Putin and keeps getting jailed and poisoned because of it. If it is, that might be worth a watch. Just say, I saw the advertising here. Filing to show the courts exactly why they want Meadows to testify. And among those new revelations, an aide to Mark Meadows, Cassidy Hutchinson, testified that Mark Meadows was indeed told that January 6th had the potential to turn violent, and yet he pressed ahead with both the rally and the efforts to overturn the election on the floors of Congress anyway. She also testified that she overheard the White House Counsel's Office saying that a scheme to use an alternate slate of electors was not legally sound. And she also testified just how involved Republican lawmakers were in the effort to subvert the election. In fact, 
fact, Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania was frantically texting Mark Meadows the day after Christmas about this plot to install a loyalist in DOJ leadership. That is Jeffrey Clark. They also wanted to give Jeffrey Clark a deputy underneath him. And I want to read for you some of those text messages, which were revealed for the first time last night. On December 26th, yeah, grab rave. Perry texted, Mida, welcome. Good evening. Continues to count down 11 days to 1 6 and 25 days to inauguration. We got to get going. And then again, on December 26, Perry texted, Mark, you should call Jeff. I just got off the phone with him and he explained to me why the principal deputy won't work, especially with the FBI. They will view it as not having the authority to enforce what needs to be done. Now, it's worth noting here that the select committee has also asked Scott Perry to testify before the committee. He, too, has refused. We're fucked as a country if some of these fuckers don't go to jail. Not yet. Preferably all of them. Scott Perry or any other Republican lawmakers to date. Jim. Melanie Zanona, the revelations. uh, Just remarkable. Thanks so much. Indeed. Trump is still on good good terms with McCarthy, though. Apparently they talked after the whole revelations of the audio thing came out. Trump says McCarthy's relationship is not damaged. President Donald Trump said on Friday that his relationship with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy remains good after a recording emerged of Mr. McCarthy telling other top GOP lawmakers that he would advise Mr. Trump to resign. So Trump gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal from Mar-a-Lago. Trump said he wasn't pleased to learn of Mr. McCarthy's comments in House leadership call, but he said the California Republican ultimately never advised him to quit. He gave an interview to Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan, like, this is the trailer for the interview. You guys have probably all seen it. Wait a minute, you think Trump is still the president? What? 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 You know, that was, that was kind of funny when you guys would say that back in like 2018. Well, he's still your president. But like, he's not the president anymore. Oh, you renamed Curious, sir. <laughs> the storm is coming. Let's go, Brandon. Do you want to talk to us? Do you want to get on the phone and tell us all about the storm? We'd love to hear it. 917-830-4359, or you can hop in the Discord. If you've tried to call, I haven't had the phone lines open. I keep forgetting to do that. On the Freak Show, she renamed everybody Curiouser, so you've got a new nickname. You're Jake now. My apologies. Man, someone really wanted to talk to me on Wednesday, but like I wasn't taking call. I wasn't take I wasn't taking call. I wasn't taking calls. But I am now, so let's go, Brandon, please. Would you would you like to give us a ringy ding? Hannah. Hannah. Would you like to hop in the Discord and talk to us? Would you like to air your grievances? Tell us all about the storm that's getting ready to come. We'd love to hear about it. We would love to hear about the storm. Okay, so the Trump interview 
Apparently airs tomorrow and Tuesday. They're going to air it in two parts. So this is the trailer for the Trump interview that's coming at okay, us tomorrow. Pierce, I'm ready. A former president in denial. I'll be completely straight with you to your face. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair election. You lost. Only a fool. So in the trailer, Trump says, I'm much more honest than you. This is a deceptively edited trailer. Piers Morgan was indeed the one who was being dishonest with this trailer. Wow. You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. With respect. Excuse me. Okay, but with respect. The legacy. The hard evidence. Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. It's, I really it's I'm not like Very dishonest. Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Trump. Turn the camera off. Very dishonest. Only on Talk TV. So the claim is that the trailer made it look like Trump walked out. The Trump team is very upset about this. I can't play the... The Trump team released the audio that proves that they actually... So I feel like you're lying. Stupid people now running our country. The world is going to be blown to pieces. Here's the question. last question. You know, you, yeah, you've yeah. done last question four times no, now. No, I, so I, I feel I, like you're lying at this I'm point. Really, I'm not lying. You said the last question four times. I think it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, I haven't it's asked about fantastic that. in your opinion. I wanted to end with the Holy One. I just haven't asked about the Holy One. Do you want to go ahead? Go ahead and ask about my hole in one. Did you do that? Probably happened. Probably happened because I own the club. I'm sure it happened. So there you are. This is the end of the interview. This is they're getting ready to wrap up. You heard Trump's handler say you've asked last question four times now, and then Piers is talking to him about his hole in one and sucking his dick and laughing at him like they're good buddies. Piers and Trump like each other probably. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. That was a great interview. That was a great interview. So it's it's not it's not the head to head that Piers Morgan made it out to be. <sighs> Piers Morgan's new TV show is set to kick off with his already high profile spat with one term President Donald Trump. In the contentious interview, Mr. Morgan confronts the former president about his twenty twenty election loss to Joe Biden. In the trailer for the interview, it appears that Mr. Trump stormed off the set, although in a a recording given to NBC by Mr. Trump's spokesperson, the men thanked each other and laughed. The interview was recorded for Rupert Murdoch's Talk TV channel, which is launching in the UK on Monday, April the 25th. Congratulations, Warlord. You got a new channel to watch. Interview is set to air at 8 p.m., Greenwich Mean Time, which means that it will have aired by the time that we come on tomorrow night. Do you guys want to watch the Trump interview? Now, knowing knowing that they're laughing and blowing each other off, like do you do you guys really want to watch it? I'll leave it up to you guys. If you want to watch it tomorrow night, we'll watch like it's probably like ten or fifteen minutes of it because I think the whole interview is only twenty five thirty. Putting it in two. Yeah, yeah. It will now be aired over two days. Over two days to make sure you milk as much ratings as you can out of it. So I I don't want to give that bastard any more attention. 
what is warranted. But if you guys want to watch Trump versus Piers Morgan, we'll watch that. English Trump versus Trump. That is a great description. The, uh, the Utah Democratic Party has announced they will not be fielding a candidate. They are going to back Evan McMullen, who challenged Trump in Utah alone for those electoral votes. He thought he could. He thought he might be able to take those votes away from Trump in Utah, and it was like a ten point, fifteen point loss. But like he did come closer than one might think. Of, of taking the vote away from Trump in Utah because Trump is that unpopular. So now they're talking about Evan McMullen running for Senate against Mike Lee. The Democratic Party is like, hey, we hate Mike Lee. We'll back you if you do that. Run as an independent. Probably a smart move. History was made at the Utah Democratic Party convention today. Fox 13 News reporter Sarah Murphy shows us how Utah Democrats chose not to nominate a Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate. Good morning, Utah Democrats. How are you? Cheers rang loud after Utah Democrats reached a decision at today's Utah Democratic Party convention. To nominate the uncontested Democratic candidate, Kale Weston, received... 594 votes. Option two, to join Evan McMullen's independent coalition to beat Mike Lee instead of nominating a candidate for U.S. Senate, received 782 votes. For the first time in Utah history, Utah Democratic Party decided to not nominate a candidate for U.S. Senate. Instead, they voted to join candidate Evan McMullen's independent coalition. They say it's their best chance to beat Republican Senator Mike Lee. I feel good. I, you know, I, I know that, that most Utahns are ready to make a change in the Senate seat. And so I, I Evan McMullen would be a million times better than Mike Lee. So bring it on. That uncontested Democratic candidate deserves our consideration. The decision wasn't an easy one. I think that democracy sometimes can be loud and uh, unpredictable, but I do think this process was really important for our party. I'm here. People are heading out. The convention just wrapped up, and you saw that when the results were announced, people were pretty excited. <laughs> Some delegates' concerns with McMullen. I've noticed that depending on the caucus, depending on who he's talked to, he's either the most liberal person I've ever met or he is the most right-wing conservative person I've ever met. So where does he stand on the issues? He's, he's probably pretty like Mitt Romney-ish. But say it's a welcome change. We've just got to continue to build this coalition of Utahns. Sarah Murphy, Fox 13 News, Utah. But like, have you have you heard about Mike Lee, though? Mike Lee's pretty shit. <laughs> I'm all I'm all about being strategic. Now there is a representative in Georgia, and she is having her candidacy challenged because of her participation in the insurrection. Her name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And boy, I should have, this happened on Friday. I should have, I should have streamed this live. We missed out. This was a hell of a lot of fun. We're going to, we're going to watch a good little chunk of it here. I got two different clips. 
Coming up about like 15, 20 minutes worth of content. This, this is where she is asked about calling Nancy Pelosi a traitor. Remember, she is under oath. So if they can present evidence that she lied, she will perjure herself and open herself up to further legal liability. And also, I'm sure that probably wouldn't be pretty good for her case of continuing on the ballot. Once again, this is a, a contesting her candidacy due to participating in an insurrection. Your disagreements with Speaker Pelosi. Isn't that right? I'm not sure what you mean. You've had political disagreements with her. You don't agree with some of the things she's done in her career, right? Politically speaking, that would be correct. Right. You don't agree with a lot of things she's done, right? Politically speaking, that would be correct. In fact, you think that Speaker Pelosi is a traitor to the country, right? Uh, you're, I'm not answering that question. It's speculation. It's you, you've, you've said that, have you? The smile on her face. She knows she's caught. Are you in the screen that she's a traitor to the country? No, I haven't said that. Okay. Put up Plaintiff's Exhibit 5, please. Oh, no, wait. By not upholding the uh, securing the border, that that violates her oath of office. Fair enough. I'm I'm not interested in her oath of office. I'm interested in that you said that she's a traitor to our country, right? I, I object, Your Honor. She is not. This is. I don't see the relevance of that, Mr. Kelly. Next, Your, Your Honor, can, can we give Mr. Bop a standing objection on the First Amendment grounds? No. Because this is this is a, this is an effort to interrupt my examination of the witness. I am attempting to establish the 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 witness's desire to engage in insurrection during the period January 3rd to January 6th. Now, it's true that some of the things that she said are relevant if they were even though they occurred before January. I should have carried it live. I should, I didn't know it was going to be this she's, fucking she's good. Said what she said there is first amendment we don't agree well, I, I, but i get to make my objection you can make the objection you can have a standing objection first don't want a stand because he well, wants to interrupt my flow your honor that's that's not appropriate i don't object to everything okay okay i have specific amnestic welcome did she do any any prep Moss casino like you would think you would think five now she is arrogant. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm placing before you um, what we pre-marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 5, which is an article that appeared in CNN on January 26th, uh, 2021. You have a and, hard copy of this? Uh, should be in the book. The judge needs it printed out. Old Papa over there. Um, we, we have one for her. <laughs> needs your web article printed out. May I approach the witness, Your Honor? Yes, sir. You may. I think Let's Go Brandon is. Uh, I think. I think they're like. Uh, I think they're trolling us. I don't think they believe that shit. Um, as well as I think they're purposely misspelling shit. Love you, homie. Let's Go Brandon is cool. And if this is if this is your first time ever on my stream, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good time for me to illustrate that uh, right wingers are indeed morons. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you got this dude talking about the insurrection in the chat. 
Glad to have you back. Let's go, Brandon. We, we may be getting to the end of this. No, no, we still got a little bit left. Our next clip is uh, her advocating violence. Have you ever advocated violence against your political opponents? There goes one Q-anus. Ms. Green, I want to um, direct your attention to the bottom of the fourth page of the exhibit. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is a paragraph that starts out, she's a traitor to our country. Do you see that? I object, Your Honor, what possible relevance could it be that they... Because you just asked her if, he ever, if she ever said Pelosi was a traitor. Commonly used. Your Honor, this is an argument. Thank you. Um, I just want to ask a narrow question, Representative Green. Um, did you say, referring to Speaker Pelosi, she's a traitor to our country, she's guilty of treason, she took an oath to protect the American citizens. I got I got Madison Cawthorn and lingerie photos after this. You sure you don't want to stay That's for it? That's what treason is. And our law representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's uh, a crime punishable by death, is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason. Did you say those words? I said, this is what I was telling you, is I, she doesn't uphold our laws. Uh, it's a simple yes or no question, ma'am. I mean, Did you say those words? Without being instructed by him to say yes or no. I don't agree, Your Honor. This is cross-examination. She's so entitled to an answer to my question, not a speech. Did you say these words? America is a thing. She hates the entire uh, Eastern Hemisphere landmass. Do you recall saying? Western Hemisphere landmass. But I do, I do recall having said this about the... I totally disagree with the border issues. Okay. And, and Ask believe, an answer. Next question. I mean, are we the Eastern? I don't fucking know. I'm used to looking at a world map that has us on the left. I don't know what fucking hemisphere we're in. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene being asked about advocating violence against her political opponents. And Representative Greene, you, you have advocated the use of physical violence against people you disagree with politically, right? I object without context. I object. Anything. I bet you do. Go ahead. What's the question again, Mr. You've advocated the use of physical violence against people that you disagree with politically. That's a question. Yes. Is that true? I don't think so. I don't know how to answer that. Next question. Well, Not Julia. Uh, have a look at what we've marked as plaintiff's exhibit. Five. P5. P5. That's, that's the same, same one. Same one. Okay, thank right. you. You've got a copy of this representative. I am against violence in almost all instances. I always, I always tell the kids, remember kids, need to shoot up drugs, not schools. Just saying.
I'm not an advocate of violence. I need to fix that so it doesn't flash the screen black. Honestly, don't know why it does it. I don't know how I can fix it, to be honest. Oh, is it the same yes, one? Okay. And you're in the American hemisphere. Let me ask a foundational question. Um, you understand that? I like it. On social media posts like Facebook and Twitter, uh, one of the things, well, I guess on Facebook, one of the things you can do is you can like someone's post, right? You can like people's... Did we cancel the right. dick vein? Is that a thing? You like someone's post, that's a way of signifying that you agree with or admire or think is cor it's correct, that the post is correct, right? Don't forget to like this video wherever you're watching at right now. Well, I'm asking you. Isn't it true that when you like, when you personally, Ms. Green, like someone's post, you're signifying... Like this video is an endorsement. The dick vein got canceled? I was not aware of this. Um, so, it's true, though, that you liked a post that suggested that... Yeah, that's a great question. Specifically, the, the, the Snickers dick vein or all candy dick veins? Remove her as Speaker of the House than impeachment, right? Now, you're using a CNN article, which has CNN has lied about me multiple times, and you're using a CNN article... I'm asking you to evidence. answer my question. Did you like a post that said it's quicker, that a bullet to the head would be a quicker way to remove Nancy Pelosi from the role of the speaker? I have had many people manage my social media account over the years. I have no idea who liked that. Oh, bullshit. Are you testifying under oath it wasn't you? Just want to be clear on that. I am testifying. I have no idea who liked that comment. Fair enough. It could have been you. Right? She's I'm telling She's you, I question. do not know. She's answered the question. Go ahead. Next, next question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing she runs her own social media. Okay. I don't think she has a guy. One of the places inside the United States Capitol building that was invaded by people who were doing violence was Miss Pelosi's office, right? I was inside the chamber during uh, on January sixth, so I do not know all the places that those people. That's funny. I only know where I was. Let's go, Brandon. Voted for Sarah Palin in twenty sixteen. More than a year since these events occurred. You have not become aware that one of the offices that was invaded by people who were illegally in the Capitol was Nancy Pelosi's office. I've seen that on the news. Okay, but and I don't know for sure. I haven't. I haven't investigated all of that. I will say, if the judge does seem partial to her, then that's that's a good thing because she is the defendant. Judges should be. Now, partial towards earlier, the defendant, I think. Some of my questions that there was a demonstration uh, that was being planned for uh, January 6, 2021, called the March for Trump, right? I'd vote for Satan. We talked about it on one of my Twitter posts. Right. And, and that demonstration was being organized in part by an organization called Women for America, right? That is good. Liking the post is we gas evidence. Um, Ms. Wells, can you pull up? Um, but it was a really violent threat. I'm sorry, which one was I'm sorry, 2D, Your Honor. 
D or D? D. D is in board. No, no, that was D the thing is, about like the quickest way to take out the speaker would be a bullet. Just to clarify on Twitch and YouTube, that was me quoting the quote from the proceedings. I like Satan too. I placed in front of you. Let's give him an amen. Amen. It's been pre marked as Plants Exhibit 2D. Um, I like satin as well. My my sheets on my bed are satin. I took the I took the uh, flannel the sheets off and put Twitter. the satin sheets on. Ms. Green, as you can retweet or send out again somebody else's tweet, right? Yes. Okay. And oh God, who who is she retweeted? Which I placed in front of you. You are retweeting a tweet sent by Kylie Jane Kremer on December 19, 2020, right? I don't know. Well, at least it wasn't a Kardashian. Well, if you look carefully, it says Marjorie Taylor Greene. There's an American flag, and it says retweeted. As your I don't know if you don't, I retweeted it. You don't, you don't recall one way or the other? I don't recall. Chickpea flour, um, apple cider vinegar, split this, with, this looks amazing. Account, that would have been done with your permission, right? I don't. I don't recall retweeting it. That's not my question. You you, you don't <laughs> deny that Kylie Jane Kremer's message was retweeted from your account in the form set forth as plaintiffs two D in on December twentieth, two thousand twelve. Let, let's, let's be clear. Fuck Disney as well, especially like their their handling of intellectual property. Mickey Mouse should be in the public domain. Winnie the Pooh should be in the public domain. And by the way, like you guys know that, right? Like you you can draw Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh itself is in the public domain, but you can't draw Winnie the Pooh as you know Winnie the Pooh. That's a Disney character. Like you can't put the red shirt with the no bottoms and shit holding a honey pot. That's a Disney fucking character and they'll sue your ass. But you can go back to like the old school fairy tale poo, like I don't think he has a shirt on or some shit. You can draw that poo. But like fucking Disney is just a hard ass because like Mickey should be public domain. Mickey should be public domain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was if it was communist pro LGBTQA plus, that would be different. That would be a big difference. There, I try to educate the right wingers on this. There's a difference between these corporations marketing to the vast majority of people who are indeed progressive, outward facing. And their policies, like Disney, which is very regressive when it comes to tax policy, when it comes to worker wages, when it comes to fucking uh, uh, employee benefits, when it comes to uh, intellectual property. We the Pooh turned my dog gay too. Like, there's a lot of problems with Disney. However, like, you know... In terms of in terms of this particular fight with Ron DeSantis, you know, I would be all because that's one of the things is like the right wingers are turning around like, oh, now the left like they don't want to raise taxes on billionaires. Well, that's not what you're doing. You're raising taxes on Floridians. You're not actually raising taxes on the Disney Corporation. That I would be in favor of. You're fucking over the people of Florida in order to try to teach Disney a lesson. But we're gonna 
we're going to get into that here in a little bit. Well, I've got a whole bunch of shit. Like, it's a woke world after all. You got to see this stupid fucking video. You don't deny that, do you? This is what your picture has, this paper has. I don't have this Twitter account anymore. It's a picture book. I don't recall, I don't remember retweeting this. Okay, but you do remember that there was this thing called the March for Trump that was going to be on January 6th, right? Yes. And that women for America were one of the organizers, right? I don't remember, but that's what this says. Okay. Um... And one of the other hashtags for the demonstrations that were planned on January 6th, 2021 in Washington, D.C., um, was a hashtag, um, stop the steal, hashtag stop the steal, right? Stop, yes. Yes. And uh, another hashtag that got used at the time was, or I'm sorry, a website that was being used to organize people to come to Washington was something called wildprotest.com, right? I don't know. Okay. Let's have a look at um, PX30. Another site they used was farmersonly.com. They organized the insurrection. Jelly P. PX33. X, P, X. Uh, I call it PX. P, P33. P33. Oh, I got it. Sorry. Her hair looks nice. I will give her a compliment. He is not a very smart person. I placed um, before you, Ms. Green, a document that was marked as plaintiff's exhibit or petitioner's exhibit 33. Um, I'm just going to ask a couple questions about it. Um, does this refresh your recollection that there was a website known as wildprotest.com that was wildprotest.com encouraging people wildprotest.com I don't remember the website but I'm seeing it here mm-hmm. on this on your paper. Okay. And ma'am, I'm assuming you're being Wild asked about it because you shared out the details of it. What you thought was going to happen on January 6th. Right. Weed. Wild is also a term that high schoolers use when they talk about spring break. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but w- whatever the the title of the demonstration or the name or the hashtag that was used, you would agree that you were aware in. Uh, after the election and before January 6th, that people were being asked to come to D.C. for a large demonstration to object to the certification of Joe Biden as President of the United States, right? I was aware people were coming to support our objection in Congress that on January 6th... Ooh, smoke cigarettes indoors, ooh. When when did you first uh, become aware that there were going to be large demonstrations in D.C. on the 6th? I don't recall. Did you consider at any point participating in any of those demonstrations? I assume they knew before Christmas, right? Calendar, but then I never went. It, it, we were too busy. We were, you know, looking at all the evidence and preparing for our debates and preparing to object. And who put it on your calendar? I don't know. Somebody on your staff, I take it. 
I have no idea. Well, wasn't a complete stranger, right? It was somebody from your congressional staff, right? Probably so, but I have no idea. And as you sit here, can you tell us why it is that... She don't know much of nothing, does she? An appearance for you at that demonstration was placed on your calendar. Can you rephrase that question? Sure. How did it come to pass that it was put on your calendar that you were going to appear at a demonstration? I understand you said you were too busy. I don't, I don't know. I was so busy just preparing to object. I don't know. I was so busy uh, being a traitor to this country. I can't ask your, your, speaker, your questions right? about being a traitor to this country. I don't think so. I was always preparing to object. We were very busy. Uh-huh. Well, have a look at what we've marked as number we have, 33. And if you go about three pages in at the bottom of that page and then over to the next page, it says invited speakers and featured guests, right? She's certainly not a patriot. She may not be a traitor all the way, but she's certainly a moron. I'm sorry, I can't answer anything about it. Well, you can answer that that's your name and face, right? Traitor is a very strong word. What is the actual definition? That is my name and face, but I again, I don't run that website. I have no idea who does. My so. question to you, Representative Green, is: Did some you or someone un, under your? I don't know. It's a pretty open-ended. A uh, person who betrays a friend, country, principle, etc. For concise definition. One who betrays another's trust or is false to an obligation or duty. One who commits treason. See, that's... Did she commit treason? Treason has a much, much higher standard. By the first definition of traitor, she certainly is a traitor. Uh, The crime of betraying one's country, especially by attempting to kill the sovereign or overthrow the government. Ugh, I... She's guilty of treason. Like, yeah, like those words, those words describe her. He's a traitor. Your authority at your congressional office authorize you to be placed as a speaker or guest of the wild protest demonstration. I get many invitations as a member of Congress to many events and, and all kinds of speeches. Including, including white nationalist yeah, events. Those go on my calendar. We, we know all about your invites, ma'am. Whether I attend or not. So would it be fair to say, Ms. Green, that through your office, you authorized your name and your uh, likeness to be associated with the wildprotest.com demonstration? No, you cannot say that or assume that. Um, that would be whoever organized this. Well, let's talk about that. Going back to 33. Who did organize it? You know Ali. Another Ali Alexander production? I don't really know him. No. When you say you don't really know him, you've met him, right? I've seen him before, but I don't know him. I... Yeah, how many times have you been in his physical presence, to your knowledge? I cannot even guess. Hardly any. 10? 20? No. Have you shaken his hand? 
shake hands with pretty much everyone I meet. Lots of people, right. Um, and he's a friend of yours, right? No. Okay. We'll come back to that. Um, I think they got evidence of that as well. Did you discuss with Mr. Alexander the idea of you coming to appear at a demonstration on January 6th? By the way, I didn't hear who he said. I was talking over it, but I already knew it was Allie Alexander. Recall that now. You're not. I was guessing, but like I knew it. I do not recall that now. Um. Well, did, did did you discuss with anybody attending the wild protest demonstration that was? I only know him because of producer Dave and Echo Plex. Talking about attending. Mm-hmm. So we're on the conspiracy side of things. Wild fucking hearing. This is just paper flipping ASMR. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I got something for you. This might be a little more interesting for you. United States Representative Madison Cawthorn responds to lingerie photos. What lingerie photos, you might say? What lingerie photos? Perhaps you haven't seen the lingerie photos. It would be these lingerie photos. Madison Cawthorn, apparently he was on a cruise. I'm assuming these young ladies let him let these young ladies were allowed by him to like dress him up and shit. I've done it before. I've women have been like, oh, let me put clothes on you, let me paint your nails, let me do this to your hair, blah blah like sure. I'm down, okay. We can get lingerie together, alright. Cawthorn spoke to a crowd at the Trump rally in Selma and apparently he had a lot to say about the lingerie photos. We have a geriatric despot who sits in the Oval Office. My friends, what's going on? Geriatric despot. Now you can call him geriatric. That's a, that is a fair fucking critique of the man, but despot? Are you serious, you fucking piece of shit? Going on in our country, it, it, it the hoops do look good hard. on him. The we're bigger, the better. The bigger, the better. The bigger, the better. That bigger. many of you recognize that we're facing dark times, but you also realize that America's greatest comebacks happen when things seem the hardest. Amer- the American spirit, when it is pushed against, is when we come out and fight the hardest. And my friends, when I start seeing what's going on in our nation, when I see how quickly our Oops, country has changed, you know, I think the adage that best describes this time in history is that hard times create strong men. And hard strong times, men daddy. Times. But those good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. And you see what's going on in our nation right now when we have weak leadership. How quickly things have changed. And my friends... Hard times. Hard times, you say. Here is the American dream. That weight got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. 
I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No, you don't, Dusty. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put... He's he calling the four horsemen thieves. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when... Damn right, hard times. You don't know shit about hard times, Cawthorn. Dusty tell you about some fucking hard times. Friends, I, I know about how quickly things can change. Eight years ago, I was in a car with my best friend. We were driving in Florida, and I was asleep in the passenger seat. He fell asleep behind the wheel. We ran into a concrete wall at 70 miles an hour. At that point, my friends, I had less than a 1% chance to be able to live. I was destined to never stand again. I know how quickly things can change. We are now seeing our energy independence ripped away from us. We're seeing our greatness ripped away from us. We're seeing just how bad our country can be. We're seeing gas at five up to seven dollars a gallon. My friends, this country can change very quickly. And it may seem Why is that, Madison? That's impossible to change. The price per barrel has come down. Why why is excellence still gouging us? Oh, he's doing his little standy thing. This is incredibly ableist when he does this shit. But my friends, God spared my life. He has given me the strength to stand before you today. So do not lecture me on what is impossible. My fellow patriots, Americans are in the business of doing the impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. Many of you are tired. You're so used to a government that works only for the elites. That works only for the other side. And we have so many in the national parties of our country that believe that the key to saving our nation is cheapening our platform and going after these non-existent middle ground voters. My friends, there is no middle ground with Marxists. The key to saving... Now, there's no middle grounds with fascists like yourself. after the disenfranchised man and woman in our country. The people who don't even bother to vote because it's been proven to them time and time again. That the government... There, there is a middle ground with Marxists. And it's fucking Joe Biden, apparently. The linemen, the construction workers, the welders. The people that actually make our economy run. What do they care about? What do we care about? We care about dining room politics. What actually affects your family as you gather together around the kitchen table. These people care about raising their families in peace and prosperity. In an economy that's so strong you could do it on a single income. These people don't want defunded police. They want funded police. They want safety. I want to return to the policies that provided safety. They don't want to send our sons and daughters to fight in some foreign... Allowing people to live on a one-income family. But my friends, I'm telling you, the elites in our country, and I've seen them in Washington, they are afraid. And they're acting desperate. That's why you see so many crazy things coming out of Washington. 
How you doing lines off Susan Collins and go like going in wrinkles? Her wrinkles would suck all the fucking cocaine in. They called mothers who went and spoke at school boards domestic terrorists. Oh my god. When they started coming for our children, they started coming for our freedoms. That's when the Americans leaned in. That's when we said you we will get even louder and we will fight even harder because this nation is worth saving. When the people forsook the establishments. I don't know. We might just need to flush it. Flush the baby with the bathwater. We showed just how united this country can be. My friend, the quote that I think is so powerful. How is Matt Gates even still in Congress? And it's that in the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man. And he is hey, is this motherfucker even going to talk about the lingerie scandal? That's what I came for. mission is successful. Then the timid joined him because then it costs nothing to be a patriot. My friends, we are in the beginning of a change. And I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear how you liked wearing panties, sir. Heads in the sand and say, "Oh, I don't like politics. It's too dirty. It's too ugly. It's too bad." And I, I don't blame you. Or we can decide that God chose us to live in this time, and just like Queen Esther, we were chosen for such a time as this. My friends, we were not cursed to live in uninteresting times. If you put America first, patriots... Ain't that the truth. If we put Donald Trump back in command in the White House... My Why would anyone do that? Our founding fathers, we will investigate Anthony Fauci and send him to jail for lying to Congress. We will restore the Second Amendment by repealing the National Firearms Act. We will secure our borders. Ain't nothing wrong with wearing bras. I don't give a shit. Impeach Joe Biden for his dare. We were talking about how good the hoops look going. Thank you all so much. We do indeed. We do indeed live in interesting times, don't we? My friends, may God bless you. May God bless Donald Trump. How many times did he say God? I guess the only response that we were going to get, I was hoping he was going to bring it up in the speech. But the response that we got was, I guess the left thinks goofy vacation photos during a game on a cruise taken way before I ran for Congress is going to somehow hurt me. They're running out of things to throw at me. Share your most embar- embarrassing vacay pics in the replies. Interesting. wants me to share my best vacation pics in the replies. Hold on. A picture of a god. This would probably be a picture from a concert or something. I don't know. It's hard for me to think of. My best vacation pics. I've never really taken, like, I've never, I've taken vacation from jobs. I've never taken a vac. I've never gone, like, a week to the beach or something. I'm, like, a weekend trip kind of guy. I go I go to Atlanta for a couple of days. I go to Nashville for a couple of days. I don't have any vacation pictures to share with Madison Cawthorn. This is the Texas National Guard who drowned trying to rescue migrants at the southern border. Um, 
I don't think he drowned. He's missing. And I don't think he was trying to rescue migrants, to be honest. Did I, did I leave the thread? I wanted more. I wanted people's vacation photos. Oh! Oh, here's Madison Cawthorn's vacation photo from when he visited the Eagle's Nest. The vacation house of the Fuhrer. Seeing the Eagle's Nest has been on my bucket list for a while. That, that is a good, that is exactly why I came to the replies. Yep. I was going to try to find a vacation photo of me. That was better. That was much better. All right, guys. Do you remember when Florida rejected those math textbooks? They rejected like over 50% of the math textbooks because of claims of critical race theory. The Florida Department of Education has now released two examples that it says back up its rejection of dozens of math textbooks because they contain questions and exercises based on common core or critical race theory. They did not identify which textbooks the examples come from, but one appears to be from an advanced high school algebra or statistics textbook and begins with the phrase, what, me, racist? As students work with data reported by an online test that researchers say uncovers hidden attitudes toward different races. The other appears to be uh, the other appears to come from a teacher's guide to a kindergarten or first grade textbook. The lesson is entitled Social and Emotional Learning Building Student Agency. Students work together as they put the numbers one to five in proper order so they can build proficiency with social awareness as they practice with emphasizing with empathizing with classmates. State rejected more than 50 math textbooks. About 40% of those submitted, I'm sorry, it was 40%, not 50. It was 50 math textbooks. Despite the state's approval under Florida law, individual districts can still buy the text if at least half of their book spending is on approved material. Some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old house built on the foundation of Common Core and indoctrinating concepts like race essentialism, especially bizarrely for elementary school students. Weird, weird, weird. I didn't see any examples of that. That was according to Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. Florida Democratic Party Chair Manny Diaz, a former Miami mayor, said in a statement that Florida has a long has long had a system for picking appropriate books, but is being politicized by the DeSantis administration. Let me take a wild guess at why they might want to do that. I'm going to read from the Tallahassee Democrat. He has this neat little story about how, as the DeSantis administration rejects textbooks, only one publisher is allowed for K-5 through math classes in Florida. We end up with just one publisher. Might, might, might this publisher have some connection 
to GOP politics. Accelerate Learning's website includes a diversity statement. Our nation's black communities have long faced the repeated harmful effects of systematic racism within the justice and education system. Historically, when Florida school districts reevaluate which math instructional materials they will use, they have had more than one publisher to choose from. Now, the only publisher approved by Governor Ron DeSantis and the Florida Department of Education for K-5 Mathematics is Accelerate Learning, a company out of Houston, Texas. Subject area as large as mathematics for grades K-5, through it is unusual for there only to be one publisher to choose from, said Billy Epting, an assistant superintendent for academic services for Leon County Schools. Florida Department of Education rejected more than 50 mathematics textbooks for failing to meet Florida's new learning standards or because they contained prohibited topics that included references to critical race theory. There are two more publisher options for Accelerated Math, McGraw-Hill and Sabas Learning Company, formerly known as Pearson. DOE said more than half of the textbooks being disallowed in a pro- incorporated prohibited topics or unsolicited strateg- strategies. According to the Accelerate Learning's website, the math book for Florida was built from the ground up to Florida best by practicing educators using the flexible 5E lesson model. I don't know what the fuck that is. Sounds like some um, sounds like some marketing nonsense. K-5 math books were also created in partnership with Rice University. DeSantis has taken a lead role nationally in Republican efforts to aggressively push back against liberal cultural values and what he calls woke indoctrination. Measure labeled individual freedom, also known as the Stop Woke Act, was passed during this year's legislative session and still waits for the governor's signature. Legislation prohibits any teaching that could make students feel they bear personal responsibility for historic wrongs because of their race, color, sex, or national origin. Accelerate Learning's website actually includes an undated diversity statement which says the company commits to hold more diversity training, examine current business and recruitment practices, and continue to be inclusive in all levels of the company. Sounds like they are practicing the critical race theory. Our nation's black communities have long faced uh, the repeated harmful effects of systematic racism within the justice and education system. Yes, that's true. The only difference is, is this one has political connections to Ron DeSantis. The Carlisle Group, a global investment firm, acquired Accelerate Learning on December 20th of 2018. During that time, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was the co-CEO of the firm. 25 years with the company, Youngkin resigned in 2020 to run for office in Virginia. The first thing Youngkin did as governor of Virginia was sign an executive order to end the use of inherently divisive concepts, including critical race theory and restoring excellence in K-12 public education in the Commonwealth, a measure that's comparable to DeSantis' Stop Woke Act. It's twofold. It's them lining their own pockets with companies they're involved in, and it's an attack on education, which keeps people stupid and voting Republican. It's also able for them to attack education. They can privatize it. You've got more 
uh, institutions, you can sell more books now, can't you? And boy, did Florida rush through the law last week, tripping Disney of its... What's it called? It had a municipality, basically. We have a we have the local news hit from Florida on it. They talked to some experts about the constitutionality. Constitutionality, if it was even constitutional, what Florida did to Disney. Underway. Good evening, I'm Greg Wormuth. I'm Vanessa Eccles, Governor DeSantis. What's up, Greg? This afternoon, meaning Orange and Osceola counties are now preparing to take huge amounts of debt next year unless the process is stopped. Let's take you through how this happened. It started when Florida passed its parental rights in education law. Cast members, along with some state lawmakers, called on Disney to denounce the proposal. The measure... You know what you're saying when you say, like, make Disney straight again? What that sounds like to me is, like, we want to go back to the days of Walt Disney being a virulent racist and shit. A hardcore misogynist. Basically a Nazi. ...restricts discussions on gender identity and sexual orientation in Florida classrooms. Disney CEO Bob Chapek spoke out and criticized the measure on March 9th. The next day, the governor's team responded, saying, quote... Woke Disney is now echoing Democrat propaganda and falling for the corporate media's phony hysteria. Nick Pepintonis is going in depth on this one tonight. Nick joins us live in studio with one way the company could put an going in depth. Executives would be saying that their free speech was trampled on. Yeah, if they didn't want to negotiate with lawmakers, attorneys say Disney has a very strong First Amendment case in front of it. The government cannot retaliate just because someone or some company says something they don't like. And the attorneys say in a lot of these cases, the tape speaks for itself. You're going to marshal your economic might to attack the parents of my state? Uh, We view that as a provocation, and we are going to fight back against that. Governor DeSantis stopping in South Florida for a victory. What a fucking idiot. This dude is a complete fucking moron. The special tax district that came under fire when the company spoke in opposition to a law targeting talk of gender and sexuality in the state's schools. They're talking about their intentional agenda to inject sexuality in the programming that's provided to our youngest kids. Republicans continuing to argue the change damages Disney more than anyone or anything else. Certainly the debt obligations of Reedy Creek passed, but so do the revenues. Seemingly ignoring the fact that Reedy Creek is an extra layer of taxes that Disney effectively imposes on itself. Revenue the county legally can't get back. You're literally taking $163 million a year of taxes that Disney pays to Reedy Creek and wiping it down to zero. County, state, and company officials will now begin 15 months of negotiations. The two counties having to figure out how to shoulder Reedy Creek's expenses and debt. I don't see how Orange County doesn't raise property taxes by 20 to 25 percent. 20 25 percent. That's what Orange County would probably have to do to cover this financial situation. There are ways of avoiding this. Many expecting Disney lobbyists to work with lawmakers on a new agreement in January, preserving Reedy Creek and avoiding the hit to taxpayers. But attorneys say the company has a more forceful option. Do they have a First Amendment case in front of them? Absolutely, yes. Can you explain that a little bit further? The governor's actions were, in Disney's standpoint, I'm sure it's... The anti-cancel culture people 
pulled the cancel culture on Disney because of Disney's free speech, the free speech of their executives. They retaliate against the company. These people hate the fucking Constitution. Right-wingers are such fucking hypocrites. It's going to be clearly in retaliation for Disney's exercise of their First Amendment rights. Once the government provides a benefit, that benefit can't be taken away in a way that is unconstitutional. Whether the company uses that option is anyone's guess. This isn't and just fuck Walt it's Disney. It's clearly a political issue, and Disney will have to weigh the politics and not just the legalities. And so the question now is, how would the state defend itself against a lawsuit like this? You're hearing a lot of these comments already from some of these lawmakers. Essentially, they want to argue... And it's like fucking... Disney is highly litigious, so I can't imagine they wouldn't explore every single legal avenue they have. So I would expect a lawsuit to be coming. More likely than not. That the issue in front of them with Disney is about good governance and proper oversight of this district that's 55 years old, not retaliation. Interesting. We'll see how this plays out, but that could be one part of the defense that Disney tries to do to try to salvage what they currently have. We'll All right. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. What the what? Man, that one, that one switched over on me awfully fast. Well, let's hear what Ben Shapiro has to say about woke companies. Woke. That's their new buzzword. Woke. Everything's fucking woke. I am the most free market person on the right. I mean, I mean obviously not free market person. I don't believe that generally the government should crack down on the operations of businesses. I think more freedom for businesses are good. I think that lower taxes for business are good for the economy of Florida. But he's getting ready to hit you with a but. He's got a caveat. But what Ron DeSantis did in Florida makes me violate all my principles that I get up here and say to you every fucking day because I actually have no principles, no ethics, or anything I believe in. It is whatever uh, maintains the status quo, keeps the Republicans in power. That is what I shill for, Ben Shapiro. For the company, for the, for the economy of the United States. Kitty. However, however, See? corporations See? have to stand up for their own free market bona fides. And they have to not become tools of the people who wish to destroy freedom in this country on behalf of leftist groupthink. If you decide to just become a woke corporation... That what he just said was, I want corporations to have free speech as long as they agree with me. But once they start spouting off liberal nonsense, we want to punish corporations. He literally just said that. And people fall for his nonsense. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Does the bidding of your Democratic taskmasters, don't be surprised when you get clocked with a legislative two by four. F around and find out. F around and, and wow. Disney decided that it was going to inject itself into social politics in the state of Florida. It decided that it was going to try to use its massive corporate power in the state of Florida. It employs tens of thousands of people here. That is going to try to use that power in order to cudgel the state government of Florida to do the bidding of executives in New York and Burbank, California. And instead, what it is finding out right now is that the people of Florida are not up for it. Fuck off. Yeah, apparently it's been a woke world after all. This is something I saw Benny Johnson share out. Boys and girls, welcome to It's a
Wow. In cooperation with the Chinese Communist Party. Reimagine tomorrow. You see camp re-education on your left. I'm not. I'm not understanding. The park uh, entrance over here has everybody. Indigenous person gets in for two hundred nine. Person of color gets in for two hundred nine. I was looking for like a white person was getting charged like ten thousand or some shit. We've got the Oppression Hall of Fame over here. Kaepernick, uh, LeBron James, uh, fuck. God, are they still harping on what fucking... Oh, what was her name? She was so badass. That runner from the Olympics. Coming up like, oh, we got Obama in the Oval Office. He just had his feet up on the desk. I don't don't know what that was about. Must be the author and finish it. Now we're seeing a factory putting together Mickey Mouse toys. There is a point to be had there. <laughs> you want to go back to the beginning? <laughs> we can. Because there's, like, there's so much that I'm not piecing together here. Somebody put a lot of fucking time into this. The wokeness crusade word salad something. All whites are racist. No, no, see, it says racist whites, 209. It didn't charge them any extra to get in the park. They just got to point out that you're a racist white person when you go in. I, I forget her name, the, uh, the runner. She's, she was so awesome. That's who that is. I don't know who... Uh, is that Joy Reid on NBC? I, I I feel like that's that one uh, MSNBC contributor, and that's like Joy Reid on NBC, maybe? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, we live in a crazy world where somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene is a elected representative, and people like... Get their news from Alex Jones and believe that's a fucking crazy world to me. People listen to Joe Rogan and think they're informed. It's 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 fucking insane. If destruction be our life, we ourselves must be the author and finish it. It's a world of power, a world of fears, and we work on this to make souvenirs of the millions of but that wait wait don't they want us to work all day to make souvenirs? Isn't that isn't that the right? They want us to slave away and be their menial wage slaves. That's literally what they want. You see the Uyghur labor camp in the background. As if they give a shit. As if they give a shit about a Muslim population unless they can use it 
to 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 bash wokeism or whatever the fuck. I don't I don't know what they were making fun of with Mulan there. There were there were Black Lives Matter posters on Snow White's castle. Cinderella's castle, whatever the fuck it is. Got little Mexican kids jumping over a wall. God damn. Oh, now we're now we're going through a a, a burned down city because Antifa burnt down the city. We're seeing we're seeing the Black Lives Matter murals. People with Molotovs. I, none of those signs seem uh, offensive to me. Call them all a bunch of communists. And so, and so then, fucking Walt Disney statue falls down at the end. That's 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 weird. Now, are we are we actually hearing from Walt Disney? Call them all a bunch of communists, and I believe they are. One of the greatest. <laughs> This is the meme from Polizoid. That's the meme maker. Well, uh, well, sir, you're an idiot and you are easily amused. <laughs> a lot of these meme makers, and clearly this one is professionally made, one of the best things you'll ever see on the internet. Uh, a lot of these meme makers use pseudonyms because they have to, you know, they work in these professions, so they have to remain anonymous. Anyway, huge shout out to you, man. Disney has gone utterly woke. Disney, which they're entire- It is the opposite. It is the opposite. I, I portray myself as right wing to my clients. For small children, uh, Disney has gone woke and is siding against children and against the safety of children and going fully political uh, with the uh, Parents Protection Act, coming out against the Parents Protection Act. Uh, inside of the state of Florida uh, and bowing and bending the knee to the woke mob. So what would woke Disney look like? You see it right here in this incredible video. Not a good world. You don't want to live in this world. It's a woke, woke world. It's time to change that. So the bill that they were actually opposing was the don't say gay bill. Right, that's that's opposing that bill is what got Disney stripped of their status in Florida. This is part of the right wing campaign to paint everybody on the left as a groomer, as as grooming children. I've been called it so many times on Twitter in the last two weeks. It's not even fucking funny. Apparently, there was a. Republican in Michigan that decided to say some shit about one of their political opponents. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. You know, uh, you can't just throw around the word groomer. You can't throw that around. You guys are going to learn the fucking hard way. I've already got like five people banned from fucking Twitter for calling me that. The cool thing about me is, is like I've never been around children any time in my life. I fucking hate children. Fuck kids. 
No, don't fuck kids. Not literally, just figuratively. Don't fuck kids. That'd be bad. Don't fuck kids. There's a Michigan State senator who was slandered, who was slandered by a Republican. And she took to the floor of the Michigan State Senate to voice her displeasure with the bullshit coming from the right wing right now. And I applaud this woman. I didn't expect to wake up yesterday to the news that the senator from the 22nd District had overnight accused me by name of grooming and sexualizing children in an email fundraising for herself. So I sat on it for a while wondering why me. And then I realized because I am the biggest threat to your hollow, hateful scheme. Because you can't claim that you are targeting marginalized kids in the name of, quote, parental rights if another parent is standing up to say no. So then what? Then you dehumanize and marginalize me. You say that I'm one of them. You say she's a groomer. She supports pedophilia. She wants children to believe that they were responsible for slavery and to feel bad about themselves because they're white. Well, here's a little bit of background about who I really am. Growing up, my family was very active in our church. I sang in the choir. My mom taught CCD. One day, our priest called a meeting with my mom and told her that she was not living up to the church's expectations and that she was disappointing. My mom asked why. Among other reasons, she was told it was because she was divorced and because the priest didn't see her at mass every Sunday. So where was my mom on Sundays? She was at the soup kitchen with me. My mom taught me at a very young age that Christianity and faith was about being part of a community, about recognizing our privilege and blessings and doing what we can to be of service to others, especially people who are marginalized, targeted, and who had less often unfairly. I learned that service was far more important than performative nonsense like being seen in the same pew every Sunday or writing Christian in your Twitter bio and using that as a shield to target and marginalize already marginalized people. I also stand on the shoulders of people like Father Ted Hesburgh, the longtime president of the University of Notre Dame, who was active in the civil rights movement, who recognized his power and privilege as a white man, a faith leader, and the head of an influential and well-respected institution and who saw black people in this country being targeted and discriminated against and beaten and reached out to lock arms with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he was alive, when it was unpopular and risky and marching alongside them to say, we've got you, to offer protection and service and allyship to try to right the wrongs and fix injustice in the world. So who am I? I am a straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom who knows that the very notion that learning about slavery or redlining or systemic racism somehow means that children are being taught to feel bad or hate themselves because they are white is absolute nonsense. Nonsense. No child alive today is responsible for slavery. No one in this room is responsible for slavery. But each and every single one of us bears responsibility for writing the next chapter of history. Each and every single one of us decides what happens next and how we respond to history and the world around us. We are not responsible for the past. We also cannot change the past. We can't pretend that it didn't happen. We we are responsible from the we are responsible for the benefits that we receive from the structures of the past. 
my great grandfather was giving was getting land given to him by the federal government while black people were still in bondage and that that has an effect on society today we have to be aware of that we can't just let that go happen or deny people their very right to exist I am a straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom. I want my daughter to know that she is loved, supported, and seen for whoever she becomes. I want her to be curious, empathetic, and kind. People who are different are not the reason that our roads are in bad shape after decades of disinvestment, or that healthcare costs are too high, or that teachers are leaving the profession. I God want damn right. Child in this state to feel seen, heard, and supported, not marginalized and targeted because they are not straight, white, and Christian. We cannot let hateful people tell you otherwise to scapegoat and deflect from the fact that they are not doing anything to fix the real issues that impact people's lives. And I know that hate will only win. If people like me stand by and let it happen. So I want to be very clear right now. Call me whatever you want. I hope you brought in a few dollars. I hope it made you sleep good last night. I know who I am. I know what faith and service means and what it calls for in this moment. We will not let hate win. Is Democratic Senator from Michigan, Mallory McMorrow. Good on you, Senator Morrow. You're amazing. I hope we hear more from you. You guys like Twitter? They just recently let me back on. Apparently, Elon Musk gets a sit-down with Twitter executives, and they are indeed talking about his takeover bid. Elon Musk offered by Twitter might actually be one of the company can't refuse. The man is reportedly meeting with executives this weekend to seriously discuss his takeover proposal. The Wall Street Journal reports that both sides are set to meet Sunday, get into the weeds of his $43 billion bid. I still don't think anything comes of it. He put forward publicly and for which he also just announced he got legit financing in the amount of uh, $46.5 billion to actually make it happen. Per the Wall Street Journal, Twitter is receptive and negotiating a deal or at the very least hearing Elon out and considering a final price tag, even though Elon Musk says he won't budge on $54.20 a share. More on the table, potentially, than just dough. Wall Street Journal says Twitter honchos are mulling over a number of factors, including a final valuation of what they think the Bird app is worth, the possibility of inviting other bidders, and maybe even insisting on Elon covering breakup costs if the would-be deal falls apart. As for why Twitter would even want to entertain this, Reuters reports they're under pressure from shareholders who want to get paid out. Elon reportedly met with a select number of bigwig shareholders this past week to make his pitch on why Twitter would be better in his hands. Now, I said it. 
Elon Musk actually takes over Twitter and he wants to be a, a champion of free speech, you make it an open source platform. He ain't going to do that. He ain't going to do that. Will never happen. Among the things he reportedly wants to change beyond his free speech objections is for allowing longer tweets and pivoting away ads. Well, shareholders aren't going to like that. He also reportedly told several of them that you'll never reach my share price on your own. Twitter's closing price on Friday was $48.93. Reuters uh, says some shareholders have expressed uh, to leadership that not only should they talk to Elon and fill him out, but more importantly, see if they can finagle a larger offer. I will tell if Elon's willing to spend a bit more to take Twitter private, but he almost had folks thinking he was ditching this whole endeavor, tweeting moving on on Sunday, later clarifying that he meant teasing Bill Gates regarding climate change. <sighs> tell him, Porg! Right when you're morons. The former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, has thoughts on why the left is freaking out over Elon Musk. Oh, I'm sorry. Panicked. Panicked is the word he used. Take it away, Newt. Now, they're so horrified by it, they tried. They, they elected to do a poison pill to diminish the value of the stock to stop it. But I'm sure he's, uh, Elon Musk has got another move. In fact, he tweeted this out over the weekend. Wow. With Jack departing, Dorsey, uh, the Twitter board collectively owns almost no shares. Objectively, their economic interests are simply not aligned with the shareholders. It seems informally the shareholders are for this move. And another guy that's for this move is this venture capitalist uh, firm called Kraft Ventures, David Sachs. He said simply, if the game... Oh, yeah, venture capitalists, that's exactly who we want to uh, promote and listen to. And there'll be some reason why he won't be able to. We're about to find out how deep the corruption goes. I guess you can agree with that. Well, yeah, look, and I think we have to understand how corrupt the system has become. You have a bunch of people who protect each other, who invest in each other. You have a handful of... of, of New Gingrich don't even know what a fucking Twitter is. He thought it was something he, he, he did to one of his many wives or mistresses. Very, very wealthy investors who control dozens and dozens of boards and a large part of the the move of the big boards towards woke left-wing policies has been a function of this handful of investors. Uh, who well, you've got to remember, their their goal is not to tell the truth or give an honest assessment of what is going on. Their goal is just to rile up fucking old people. Old racist assholes. That's, all, that's their target audience. Rile them up with whatever you can say. Doesn't have to have any relation to reality. Pick their people to serve on these boards. Musk would be a genuine threat, not just to Twitter, but he'd be a threat to Facebook, he'd be a threat uh, to Google, because he would open up and allow people to freely be involved in a dialogue, and he would attract, I think, a huge audience almost overnight. So, again, every time he's... Attract a huge audience. What, more people are going to join Twitter if Elon Musk buys it? Bullshit. And my guess is, in the end, he'll fight his way through. Do you even know what Twitter does, sir? He'll make it... A very interesting dynamic place, which the left will hate. I mean, they don't want interesting dynamic. They want people robotically repeating what they're told to say. 
That is literally what Fox News is. That is literally what Fox News is. Jesus Christ. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Let's stick with Fox News, shall we? Let's talk about this pastor. Remember we had the video a couple of weeks, or no, it was like a week ago. There was a there was a Christian group on a flight and they broke out in song. The video went viral. There was a dude sitting in the aisle that he did not look comfortable with what was going on. I have a picture of it. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. This, this, this happened the other day. I'm, I'm definitely talking about this guy who does not look happy. Does not look happy to be listening to Christian music on this flight. That dude's like, ah, oh, let me, let me annoy the shit out of you. Nope, ain't having it. Christian pastor ripped by Ilan Omar for singing on planes says his focus wasn't political. The pastor of the Christian group that went viral when Representative Ilan Omar, the... That's not the reason they went viral. Everybody was bitching about these people. Representative Ilan Omar criticized him for singing worship songs on a plane... Uh, from They were on a plane ride back from helping Ukrainian refugees, apparently... Jack Jens Jr., an Australian-born pastor whose Philadelphia-based Kingdom Realm Ministries joined other church groups earlier this month in offering humanitarian aid to Ukrainians, posted a TikTok video on the, of the plane incident on April 9th. He told the Christian Post that he didn't mean to stir anything up or get entangled in politics. Omar tweeted out Jensen's video a week later during Easter weekend, writing, I think my family and I should have a prayer session next time I'm on a plane. How do you think it will end? Which is a very salient comment, very pertinent comment, because it wouldn't end well for them. Comment sparked backlash from many Republicans who attacked her for what they suggested was anti-Christian bigotry. Really? Really? You really didn't get the point, did you, you stupid fucks? God damn, right-wingers are morons. Fuck! It was actually just a post to share with our friends and encourage our friends that have been following our journey. When Omar posted that, I just looked at it and I didn't really give it too much thought. I didn't really, it didn't really enter into any, I didn't really enter into any political debate. For us, we just came to share the love of our God. We came just to reveal to people that Jesus loves them so much and that's our focus. Our focus wasn't a political agenda at all. But it is. It is. You were proselytizing, you stupid fucks. Jens explained how the worship team obtained permission from both the air host and the pilot to sing the songs on the commercial flight out of Poland and that they would not have done it done so without it. That doesn't make it any better. It didn't seem like the passengers were too into it.
Does this guy look like he is amused with your stupid little song? Oh, shit. Jens and his group met with criticism from some on social media after Omar singled them out, but he noted that he has seen religious displays on other flights he has been on. It happens quite often. Yeah, I'm sure like you and your little church groups do stupid shit like that. But if Ilan Omar's family were to do a prayer, you guys would like be screaming bloody murder and trying to get the air marshal to land the plane. I know it for a fucking fact. All right, I know. Like I, I took some flack before, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play a content warning before this one. This is a heartwarming video, and it made me cry. It made me cry earlier. Fuck, it made me cry. Here are some shelter dogs finding out they just got adopted. I know some people, they, they, they hate seeing dogs in, in shelters, and I totally understand, but they're getting ready to go to their forever home. They look so fucking happy. And I wanted to play it. It, it really did make me cry earlier. Oh, look how happy he is! Wiggles! Wiggles! You're gonna get to go to your new home! Oh, I wonder why they call you Wiggles! Could be because he's wiggling all over the place. Look at him, he's so happy! Oh, sweet baby. Like, seriously, all, all there is in my life, like, I don't care about anything in terms of, of monetary value of possessions. If I was to get a little money to my name, I would seriously, like, fucking run an animal rescue or something. Look how fucking gorgeous. That's a husky, right? That is a absolutely gorgeous dog. Now this is this is a rescue that apparently goes to a lot of like high kill shelters. And and picks up animals. I, I can't even imagine that that husky would have a hard time getting adopted. Rescue puppies from puppy mills and stuff. Buster, look at you, dude. You're a chunky boy. Oh, look at that curly dude. He was absolutely gorgeous. And also, I'm a, I'm a big fan of rescues. I like I see a I see a cat that needs a home. I can like I probably shouldn't have three cats. I don't know if I'm allowed to have the third one, but he needed a home, and his name was Maynard. That meant he wanted to come and live with me. Most dogs will continue to look for their owner in the cage, and the 
Seriously, adopt. Rescue babies. Oh, like I want to hug this dude. I want to go buy him a beer, whatever, whatever he's drinking, whatever he's smoking. I want to buy it for him. He deserves all the fucking love for what he's doing. I'm falling in love with him. I want to hug all of them. Every single one of them. I haven't seen a baby that I, I wouldn't like just like fucking let lick all over my face yet. Oh. That was precious. I'm like, I wanted to hold Wiggles so bad. I'm like, oh, come here, Wiggles. Wiggle in my lap. All right, if you're watching on Twitch or heading over to Echoplex Media, it is the Plex podcast recording part of the show. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.